Well, turn in your Bibles to uh, uh, basically 1 Kings chapter 21, and I'll remind you of things we've been seeing. We're seeing, of course, the man by the name of Elijah. He's a prophet of God. He's raised up by God to really confront the wicked king Ahab and to turn the nation of Israel back to God. We've looked at a lot of things. Let me throw this up for just a second. Look at this. He's confronted King Ahab. He said there wouldn't be any rain. There wasn't any rain. He trusted God by the brook and with the widow. He raised the widow's son from death. Uh, he had victory on Mount Carmel, over 450 prophets of Baal. He prayed that it would rain. He rained. He ran 20 miles faster than a chariot, and he did that, and then he got into depression, and now he's recovered. And so this is this man, and when we start saying uh, the people in the Bible are so much better than us, well, no, uh, they just were faithful. And the key is that we can be faithful right now in the same way they were faithful. Now, what we saw last time, and this is how we ended up for Christmas, and it's really sad to me, we saw last time the killing of Naboth. In fact, if you remember, we saw the killing of Naboth by Jezebel. She had it planned. Uh, if you remember the king, we'll go over it in just a second, but the king wanted to get the land, and he couldn't get it. So she had him killed so that the king could get the land. And so we could say like this, they got away with that. They were wicked people in leadership, a king and a queen, and they killed a regular old guy and took his land, and they got away with it, but they don't. Because what we realize from the Bible is, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And we don't get away, <clears throat> you don't get away with sin. We don't get away with sin whether you're a believer or unbeliever, and we just don't. And God, you know, whatever you sow, you reap. And so as we look at this, we're going to see Elijah comes to Ahab with a prophecy dealing with both Ahab and Jezebel. So we're going to see the prophecy. We won't see the fulfillment this morning, but we'll see the prophecy, and it's pretty wild. And this is one of the reasons that uh, we're going to enjoy, I think, First and Second Samuel, and you look at First and Second Kings, all these books go together. Uh, there's some wild things in these books. And so uh, we're going to see something sort of wild this morning, and we'll see how it fits together. And so that let's think about, first of all, something that's going to surprise you, and we'll see it in this passage. We'll just touch on it this morning. We'll get more of it next week. But the word pride, whenever you think of pride, we, we think of sin, because that's what, you know, the original sin was the devil wanted to be like God, the pride of the devil. And then the original fall of man was that both man and woman, they basically said we could be like God, knowing need good and evil and, and do all of that kind of thing. The opposite of pride is humility. Humility and to humble yourself. And Moses and Abraham were called humble men. Jesus Christ humbled himself to be obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And so humility, it basically is when you say, okay, I, I recognize I, I can't do it or I have to come under somebody else or something. Well, this morning we're going to see something amazing. I'm just going to touch on it. You'll see it next week. The wicked king Ahab humbles himself before God. Now, that may surprise you. If you've already seen, what we've been reading this thing. This guy's bad, and his wife is worse. And, uh, I mean, she's influencing him. And we're going to see that he humbles himself. And we'll talk more about that. What does God do? We're just going to touch on it this morning because we're going to see a lot more. Here's the outline. We've been seeing it already. Naboth's vineyard, we already saw that. Then Jezebel's plan was to get him killed. If you remember, then Elijah's going to come with the prophecy. And then the final part is Ahab humbles himself, and we'll see that. So let me just remind you, Ahab is the king, and he has a summer home. At, right beside the summer home was a piece of land, a vineyard owned by a guy by Naboth. And so the king went to Naboth and said, let me get that land. 
Uh, I'd like, I'll either pay you for it or we'll swap another piece of land. But Naboth said, well, this is the land that's been in my family. And it meant we talked about how that once you got land in your family, it stayed there. In fact, if it was out in the country, it never went away. Even if you sold it, it came back on the year of Jubilee. But if it was in the city, you had one year to get it back. And uh, if they'd sell it back to you. So that's how it worked. So he said, no, I don't want to sell it. So the king went home, and he, was, he pouted and got on his bed and turned his face away. And, was, and Jezebel comes in and says, why are you so upset? And he says, well, I wanted to buy the land from Naboth, and he wouldn't sell it to me. She said, you're the king. You can get whatever you want. She said, I'll get it. So she got a party, had a party for Naboth, invited people, but she invited two worthless fellows, as they call it. And when they got there, they had made up a story, and they said, Naboth cursed God and the king. And the people went, what? And they jumped up and they killed him. They stoned him. And, and, and then that, that he's dead, she says, in fact, if you look at verse 15, when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive, but he's dead. So he's dead, take the land. And so if you look the next verse, it says, he took the land. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. Now, if you're like me, you might have thought, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. He killed the guy, but what about, what about this guy's sons? This land, if he dies, this land would go to his sons, right? Or his son. Well, that's true. But what we find out in 2 Kings 9, 26, that they also killed his son. doesn't say it here. So he killed, Jezebel had Naboth and his son, or sons, killed so that the land was open, and, of course, uh, King Ahab comes and takes the land. Now, we could stop right there and say, how bad are those people? They wanted the land, just a regular old guy who didn't want to sell the land. So she has him killed. She has a son killed. Then she turns to her wicked husband and says, you can go take the land. And so he's gone down there to take the land. Now, guess what? He's gone down there to take the land. But uh, some people could say, nobody really knows. I mean, he just got away with it. No, no, God knows. And so what's God going to do? We already know, be not deceived, God is not marked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if you look at the very next verse, while Ahab has gone down to take the land, look at the next verse. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who is in Samaria. Behold, he's in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. Does God know everything? Let me ask you a question. Does he know everything's going on in your life? Do you know, does he know all the good things you do and all the bad things you do? He does. He knows everything. I mean, that's a comfort and a dread, right? <laughs> it's a comfort, but you can go, hey, he knows everything. Yeah. Oh, he knows everything. So, you know, but the truth is God knows. And so he goes to Elijah and said, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, uh, Ahab has gone down to take possession of the land. I want you to go down there. And you, he's, gonna, he's got something for him in the word of the Lord. And by the way, notice it says uh, he is gone. Uh, he is in the vineyard of Naboth. Who does God say the vineyard belongs to? Naboth. God says it's still his land. It doesn't matter whether they killed him or not. It's not the king's land. Okay? And so God says, no, he's going to take Naboth's property. Now watch verse 19. Because we're going to see, he, 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 he basically says, 
has, has he done wrong? Uh, you shall speak to him and say, this is what God says, you shall say to him, thus says the Lord. Now, you know, when a prophet says, thus says the Lord, if they're a true prophet, that means this is from God. Now, if they're a false prophet, you know, they, they won't come true necessarily or it'll be contrary to the scripture. But thus says the Lord, and then notice this, have you murdered and also taken possession? That's the questions. And look, the answer is what? Yes. Has he stolen? Yes. He's done it all. And so we're going to see two prophecies, which is going to surprise you. If you've never studied this, you're going to go, really? Oh, my goodness. Here's the two prophecies. One of them deals with Ahab and his family. See, they just killed Naboth and his family. What's going to happen to Ahab and his family? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man, what? Sows, he also reaps. And then we're going to see Jezebel. So let's start with Ahab, the prophecy of Ahab. Ahab first, look what it says. Verse 19, you shall speak to him saying, thus says the Lord. Have you murdered and take possession? Yes. You shall speak to him saying, thus says the Lord. Now watch this. And by the way, look at the word Lord there. As, as always, all four capital letters, this is the personal name of God. Thus says the, the personal God in the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, the dogs will lick up your blood, even yours. Now, you know what he just said? Where you killed Naboth and his blood was there and dogs came and licked it, you're going to die right there and the dogs are going to come lick your blood. The dogs will lick your blood, and not only, but he'll not have a proper burial as a king. I mean, that's what's going to happen. Because that's not how you bury a king. You don't have dogs come and lick their blood. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. And by the way, when he gets there to tell him that, in verse 20, Ahab says to Elijah, Oh, you've come, my enemy. He, Elijah's not his enemy. Elijah's a prophet of God. And notice verse in, in 20 and 21, this is where he gives this further judgment. Look what he says. Behold, I will bring evil upon you and will utterly sweep you away. And cut off from Ahab every male, both bond and free in Israel. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation which you have provoked me to anger and because you have made Israel sin. And he said, I'm, gonna, I'm not only going to kill you, and where they lick Naboth's blood, they're going to lick your blood, dogs are. I'm going to cut off all your kids. You're not gonna have, all your descendants are going to be killed. What happened to Naboth's descendants? What happened to Naboth's descendants? They were killed. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. What you sow, you reap. It's going to happen to them in the same way. They're going to cut off the descendants. Look at this. He's going to cut off the descendants of Ahab. That's going to be great judgment. Now, if you're the king, so far, if you're the king, Elijah's not been wrong on anything, right? Elijah came to the king and said it won't rain. It won't rain without my word. It didn't rain for three and a half years. Then Elijah went to the king and said, you better get to wherever you want to get because the rain's coming. And, of course, the rain came. And then Elijah said, we'll call down fire from heaven, and they called down fire from heaven. So everything Elijah has ever said has come true. What do you think Ahab thinks when Elijah says, where the dogs lick Naboth's blood, they're going to lick your blood, and every of your sons and your descendants will be cut off. What do we know is going to happen? Everyone's going to be cut off, and, and they're going to lick. The dogs are going to lick the blood. Now, we're not through, because there's Jezebel. If you had a choice, which one do you think is worse, Ahab or Jezebel? 
Jezebel, she's wicked. She's more wicked than he is. I mean, uh, he, he got mad when he couldn't get the land, so she kills the guy when he couldn't get the land. Uh, she's the one that had the 450 prophets of Baal, and she's the one that threatened Elijah that I'll kill you if you're here tomorrow. She's, she's a wicked person. She also threatened those guys and said, I want you to have a party. I want you to invite him there. I want you to, tell, to have people, worthless people stand up and say, Naboth, curse the king and God. And you know what? They were afraid not to do it because they knew how wicked she was. Well, what about this woman? What about this wicked woman? Look what it says. Of Jezebel also, the Lord has the Lord spoken, the dogs will eat Jezebel in the district of Jezreel. The prophecy of Jezebel is the dogs will eat her. No, we're not talking about like a, getting a dog bite. We're talking about the dogs will eat her up. In fact, I'm just going to give you a heads up. The only thing going to be left is going to be her hands and her feet. Yeah, I told you it'd be gross. There's gross stuff in this. There's gross. I like it. I like it. I love this stuff. Don't you love it? Okay. So she's going to be eaten by dogs. So tell me the prophecies. What's going to happen to Ahab? He's going to die, and where he dies, the blood, his blood is going to be shed, and the dogs are going to come lick his blood in the same place they lick Naboth's, and his descendants will be what? Cut off. What's going to happen to her? She, she's going to be eaten up by dogs. Now, how is she going to be eaten by dogs? You think she's going to go out and a pack of dogs is going to come eat her? No. You're going to see what happens. It won't be this morning, but you're going to see it. It's pretty wild. Now, let's get a summary, and I'm, I'm just going to touch on this. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Let me give you a summary. So he goes on to say, that he says, The one belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And the one who dies in the field, the birds of heaven will eat. He's basically saying to Ahab, All your offspring's going to die. And they're gonna, if they live in the city, the dogs will eat them. And if they live in the outside of the city, the birds will eat them. And Jezebel is going to be eaten up. And you could look at it this way. She will die and be eaten by dogs. No burial of the queen. And then this is what we could say. Both would die and the dogs will deal with their bodies. And their offspring will be cut off. Now, Ahab was a wicked man. And he had false worship. Where did he get the false worship from? From Jezebel. She brought in Baal worship. She brought in that. And so those two together caused the nation of Israel to turn away from God. Because, they, you know, leadership affects a nation, whether you believe it or not. And I think we do believe it. And so leadership affects a nation. And so these two caused the nation of Israel to move away, and God's going to judge them. And they're going to particularly judge him because they killed an innocent man. And where his blood was shed and licked up by dogs, Ahab's going to die and his blood's going to be licked up by dogs. And she's going to die and she's going to be eaten by dogs. Now, the rest of the, of the chapter, we're going to just touch on it a little bit and then go to grow groups. And next week, I'm going to come back and go into a little bit more detail on verses 25 through 29, okay? So we'll see how that fits together. But let's look at how Ahab is described. Now, let me ask you something. We, we all know that people are always talking about, uh, I, I read this book just last year, and it was about a guy, and he says, he says what everybody needs to do is, uh, what is your legacy? What do you want people to think about you? 
And he basically said, pretend it was your funeral. What would you want people to say about you? That you are a man of God, that you are a woman of God, that you studied the Bible, that you loved people. That you, what, it, what legacy do you want? And for all of us, we all want something good to be said. I mean, we, we, we want something great to be said about us. We want, to say, we want people to say uh, that was a person who lived for Christ and, and made an impact for Christ. And when we stand before Jesus, we want to hear him say, well done. Well, what is the legacy of Ahab? He ha- we has it right here in the Bible. has it in the very next verse. Let's look at it. Verse 25. Surely there was no one like Ahab. Now let's stop right there. That sounds good, doesn't it? There's nobody like you. We say that all the time for everybody. Hey, there's nobody like you. You're so special. They're not going to say how special he was. He says, there was nobody like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Sold himself. What does that mean? What do you think it means to sell himself? Huh? Sold out. But what does that mean to sell yourself, to sell out? Maybe for the for money, for, for prestige, for power, whatever it was, he sold himself to do evil. And, and you know, why would he marry a woman who, from Sidon, a Sidonian? Why would he marry her? It's an alliance with that other nation to, to bring it together to have a bigger nation, to, to have more power. I mean, that's why if you look in the Scripture, why, why, did, King, why, did, why did King David have wives? Why, why did Solomon have a thousand women? Many of them were alliances with other kings. If you look at it, you'll say, you'll say, here was his wife. She was the daughter of King something from something. So he sold himself. I think he married Jezebel to get more power. And he sold himself to do evil. Look what it says again. Surely there was nobody like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. And then notice the last part of the verse. Because Jezebel... His wife incited him. Wow. Now, I mean, this is pretty tough. Uh, there was nobody like Ahab. Why? Because, first of all, his wife also was... T- she incited him. She was the real evil behind the throne. I think he was actually a weak person. I think he was. I mean, how did he respond when Naboth said, you can't have the land? He went home and, like, cried. He went home and pouted like a boy. Oh, I wanted that land. What? She said, I'm not pouting. I'll go kill the guy. That's the kind of person she was. And uh, I mean, we know people in our, in our lives that are evil people. There are evil people in the world. And there are really good people. Now, we're not talking about good to get to heaven or anything like that. There are people that are good and there are people that are bad. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. The only way for salvation is through Jesus Christ because there's none righteous, no, not one. But there are good people and then there are evil people. There are people who are bad and then there are people who are evil and, and we find that the world, if you put us in the wrong place at the wrong time, we're going to do the wrong thing. So we're bad, but not necessarily evil. There's a difference between being bad and being evil. And she was evil, and he was evil. And notice what it says. He sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord because his wife incited him. And then it goes on and, and explains sort of what he did. Look. He acted very abominably in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done whom the Lord cast out before the sons of Israel. Anything is, Amorite is kind of an overall term for one who worshiped false gods. Now, here's the part that I want you to see. What did he do? What 
do you think Ahab would do when Elijah said to him, God's going to kill you, and dogs are going to lick your blood, they're going to kill Jezebel, dogs are going to eat her up, and all your kids are going to be killed. You expect him maybe to go home and pout? That's not what he did. Look what he did. It came about when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted, and lay in sackcloth, and went about despondently. What? In the Bible, it talks about kings, wicked kings. And there was a king called Manasseh, who was a wicked king. And he, was, he ruled for like 50 years. I mean, he was wicked for 50 years. And at the end of his life, and I mean, he, he killed his sons. Manasseh put his sons in the fire to Molech and burned them up. He was so wicked. And at the end of his kingdom, at the end of his life, after ruling for 50 years and being one of the worst kings that ever lived in Israel's history, he humbled himself and God showed grace to him. Here we see Ahab, who is wicked, and Ahab humbles himself. Look what it says. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and fasted, lay in sackcloth and went about despondently. Ahab's response to the word of the Lord given by Elijah is he humbled himself. And look what he did. He tore his clothes. That means great emotion. He put on sackcloth. That's, that's the idea of, of, uh, of being sadness and, and, and you know, being, and, and he fasted and he lay in sackcloth and he went about despondently. Now, if, if it was you, how would you deal with Ahab? You'd say, you're just getting what you deserve. You can be sad all you want to, but you deserve all this. You're just a jerk. You're the worst king has ever been, just about. And in fact, it says nobody else is just as bad as you, and your wife is even worse. So she even deserves worse than you get. You all ought to just die and crumble up, and we just destroy you right now. That's not what God does. You know what he could say to us? Let me tell you what he could say to me. JB, you are an open rebellion against me. You've openly sinned against me in your life. You've ignored me a lot of times. You deserve nothing. I could destroy you right now. Would he be a just God to do that? Of course he would. But that's not how he treats me, right? He says, I love you more than you can imagine. I'm going to show grace to you. In fact, I'm going to pour all the punishment that I would have poured on you because of your sin and rebellion. I'm going to pour it on Jesus. Jesus is going to take your place. He's going to love you more than you can imagine. He's going to die in your place. He's going to take your sin. He's going to rise again, and he's going to offer you a gift of life forever with him. Not what you deserve. It's called grace. Get him what you do not deserve. How is God going to deal with Ahab? Then the word of the Lord, verse 28, the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Elijah could say, I don't know, I hadn't been looking. <laughs> or he could say, yeah, I saw it. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but I will bring the evil on his house in his son's days. What? He humbled himself for God, and we see what? God's grace. Remember, grace is getting what you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. We see the grace and mercy of God right there in Ahab's life. 
We think, well, you ought to get it and you ought to see it all and you ought to see Jezebel eating, you ought to see your sons killed, you ought to see all this because you're just such a bad old man. That's what you deserve. And God says, I'm going to show you grace. You won't see any of it. You won't see it. Now, let me show you something. Because Ahab has humbled himself, God will not bring his evil in his days, but in his son's days. But here's the key. Even though he humbled himself before God, the consequences and judgment for his sin still coming. God didn't say, okay, I won't do that. He just says, he's still going to die, and the dogs are going to lick his blood, and his offsprings are going to be cut off, and Jezebel is going to be eaten by dogs. But by the grace of God, Ahab would not live to see it. That's God's grace to Ahab. I can still remember when some of the kings of Israel, when the Babylonians came in, the last three kings, Zedekiah, Jehoiakim, and Jehoiachin, one time they took one of the kings, brought him out, and killed his sons right in front of him, and then poked his eyes out. What God is saying to Ahab, I'm not going to let you, I'm going to show grace to you, I won't show you your sons being killed. That's grace. That doesn't mean this other stuff's not going to happen, and it will. Let me tell you, is God a God of grace? We may say, well, that's pretty gracious. Yeah, that's real gracious. Is God a grace to us? Listen, we come to Jesus and we take the grace and the mercy of God in the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Well, let, let me do quickly give you some applications. Let's not compromise the truths of the eternal scripture for some temporal gain. They compromised Jezebel and Ahab. They compromised. They took land. They violated the word of God. They lusted. They killed. They lied. They had false gods. And, and they did all of it. They took a piece of land. They killed a person for a piece of land. So be real careful because the world entices us. You want this. You want this. Are we willing to give up and go away from the truths of the Bible for something on this earth. He sold, what did you say it? He sold his soul, didn't he? He sold himself. Don't sell ourselves for this mess here. Most of the stuff here, in fact, everything but you and God is temporal. Everything is going to be gone. Second application, let's realize that God will judge sin in our lives. I mean, that's not a fun thing to realize, but just remember, as a believer, we sin, we confess it, and begin to live for Jesus according to the Word. And God is a gracious God, and He treats us better than we can ever imagine, and we're so thankful He's already poured it out. In fact, think about this. Let's realize the grace of God. He poured everything out on Jesus Christ, and we, we, we get what we do not deserve. It's the grace of God. And it's all through Jesus Christ. That's why I love Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works lest anyone should blast. Ahab humbled himself and God said, okay, I won't bring this about while you're alive. But these things are still going to happen. Because whatever you reap, you what? You sow. So be careful.